0: Open them up to John chapter 1, because today we're looking at the Holy Spirit and water baptism. We've been looking at the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is, and today we're looking at the Holy Spirit and water baptism and, and how he plays a role in that. Because really what he does is he helps us with some identity issues at water baptism, and that's what water baptism is all about, is, is identity. What we do, it's something we do to define ourselves. We do a lot of things to define ourselves, right? We have a lot of outward symbols that define us. Uh, For those of you who are married, you walk around with one of these guys on, right? You walk around with a wedding ring. Some of yours are made of rubber. Some of them of, you know, some random thing. Some of them are tattooed on your fingers because you're like, this is forever, right? Uh, Some of you have nice shiny rocks on there. You know, that's, that's, you know, we, but we do that to identify ourselves to say to everybody else, hey, I'm married, you know, back off, you know, something like that. You know, I always make sure like, Angie, you got your ring on today. She, She's one, she always likes to take it off for working out and stuff. I was like, no, we're going to get you one of those rubber things. So when you go to the gym, people know that you're mine, right? I'm going to be selfish. I'm a jealous husband, and I want to make sure that everybody knows that you're my wife, right? And that's so we, we wear wedding rings to identify ourselves. Uh, some of you over the last couple weeks, you look outside and And uh, your neighbors have decided to identify themselves with a candidate, right? You got the yard signs out there. Maybe some of you are like, oh, that's interesting. I kind of like these people now. Or maybe you think, oh, my opinion of these people has dropped, you know, whatever it might be. You know, but you get to learn more about your neighbors because they put a yard sign up saying, I identify with this candidate and I believe and I want you to vote for him too. Now, hopefully your opinion hasn't raised or dropped because of your political affiliation because we're supposed to love everybody. But, you know, we, we identify ourselves through those different things. Maybe you wear your, your team colors, you know, your favorite football team or baseball or basketball or whatever it might be. It's your soccer team and you wear your team colors to identify, you know, I'm a fan. And, and so that way you can go up to anybody and be like, oh, you, you like this sport. You learn things about them because they identify themselves. I'm thankful we have these different identity things because could you imagine going to a store and they didn't have uniforms and they didn't have name tags? That would be pretty hard. You know, you're walking through Walmart. You don't know who to ask for help anymore. You know, you wouldn't know what to do anymore because they're not identified. You go up to a checkout, like I'm not going to hand my credit card to some random person, you know, who doesn't have a name tag. That's an identity thing. And so that's, that's all about identity. So there's many different ways that we Identify ourselves. So the question today is, how do you want to be known? What do you want to be known for? Oftentimes we ponder this question when we get to the end of life of, you know, what do they want? What do I want people to say about me at my funeral? What do I want written on my my gravestone? But don't ask that question. I want you to ask, what do you want to be known for today? What do you want to be known for today? How do you want people to know you? If we were to go up to your your best friend to a family member to a coworker, and just ask them hey tell me a little bit about frank here you know what do you know about frank what can you, what would they say if you were to ask the person sitting next to you today to just tell me about them what would they say well they do this job you know they're, they're really good at this they like to do these hobbies uh they're married to this person but would they say they they serve jesus Would Jesus be in that conversation at all? What do people know you for today? What do people know you for for today? Does your faith define you? Would they mention Jesus in the answer? How do you want to be known? So that's the question I really want us to look at today. How do you want to be known? And and we see this in John chapter 1. Uh, We're going to look at verse 19. And verse 19 introduces us to a guy by the name of John the Baptist. There's a lot of identity just in his name. John the Baptist. This isn't the John who wrote the book of John that we're reading. This isn't John the disciple. This is is John. uh, He kind of did some different things. John was the guy who would go out, and we see this in all the other gospels, his stories in there. John would go out and he would say, repent. Repent and be baptized. These are what you need to do. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Make your life right. And many people would repent of their sins, and, and after they would do that, John would baptize them. And the word literally, baptize, means to immerse. So John would take them out in the Jordan River, and he'd dunk them in the water and bring them back up. And, and this was kind of an outward symbol of what God was already doing on their hearts. And so this is why John was known as John the Baptist. It's what he did. It's who he was. And we also know a couple other things about John. It said that he wore... Uh, camel's hair. He made clothes made out of camel's hair. He had a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. I mean, the guy was like the original hipster, right? He, he did everything that was just counter-cultural. He, he made his own fashion trends. He ate all organic. You know, this was, this was John he was a trend center. He, he, didn't, he didn't care about what anybody else thought. He did what he was called to do. He did what he wanted to do. And it said that crowds were coming to him from all over Jerusalem and all over Judea. And there was this excitement happening. And, and it was just multiple people were coming. And this was so exciting. And, of course, when you know, the religious people heard about this, the priests and the Levites, they, they caught wind that some crazy guy over in the Jordan... Who's eating random things and dressing however he wants people are coming to him in droves and they didn't like this And they thought there's something different about this guy. What's going on? And so finally they sent some people over there to ask him Who do you think you are? Right? Who do you think you are John? Why do you get to baptize? Why do you do people are supposed to be coming to us? Who do you think you are? And in verse 19, it says this Now this was john's testimony Who are you? I like how John answered with, well, I'm not this guy, and I'm not this guy, I'm not this guy. Yeah, but that's not what we have. Who are you? Who are you? See, people notice something different about John. They notice something different about John, and it wasn't because he wore funky clothes. It wasn't because he ate weird things. There was something different about John, but they just couldn't figure out why. So they tried to ask him these questions in the best way that they could phrase them, in the best way that they could understand of this. Who are you? Are you the Messiah? Because we know there's something different about the Messiah. So are you the Messiah? They're, they're supposed to be the one who's calling repentance. They're, they're supposed to be the one who baptizes. They're supposed to be doing all these things. Are you the Messiah? No, I'm not the Messiah. Okay, well, if you're not the Messiah, then are you the prophet? Are you the prophet who's supposed to kind of prepare the way? Are you Elijah? Do I look like Elijah? You know, Elijah's dead and gone. I'm not Elijah. I'm I'm not the prophet. See, they didn't know how to put it into words, so they compared him to what they knew. They're thinking, this shouldn't be working. You don't have the right clothes. You don't have the right food. You're not in the right place. You're preaching an unpopular message, yet people are coming to you in droves. They should be coming to us. What makes you different? Who are you? And in verse 23, John responds, John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. So again, John reiterates, he's not the Messiah. He's simply the guy who's preparing the way for him. Now, John had surely met Jesus before. They were cousins. Uh, John was just maybe a month or two older than, than Jesus. And maybe even if they hadn't met, they knew of each other. Again, they, they were cousins. Their, their moms got together. And and so John knew Jesus, but at this point, he didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah. Not yet anyway, but he was going to find out that soon enough. He just knew that he was supposed to come and prepare hearts and minds for the Messiah, to get them ready, to make way so that when they heard the Messiah come and share, that they would be able to say, I'm ready. See, John knew who he was and who he was called to be. Like, I love the confidence John had. Don't you wish you could just bottle that up and take a little bit of that for yourself? Just the confidence that John had of like, this is who I am, this is the way I'm going to dress, this is what I'm going to eat, and this is what I'm going to preach, and you're all going to have to be okay with that, right? That was John. But in reality, you know, a lot of us would probably, if we were honest with ourselves, we'd say, yeah, I've struggled with self-doubt before. You know, I haven't been confident. And, And you start to ask these questions like, well, man, if I wore that, what would people think? Maybe some of you had that thought this morning as you're getting dressed for church, like, ah, I can't can't wear that to church. People are going to think I'm weird. You know, uh, I can't say that to my friend. What are they going to think if I say that to them? What if I, if I tell them about my relationship with Jesus, what are they going to say? They're going to think that I'm weird. They're going to think that I'm, you know, some holy roller. They're going to think, you know, what are they going to think about me? And so we have this self-doubt, whether that comes to our faith or just even in, life itself at our job, at our, in our family, and we doubt ourselves, so we, we don't step out. But John, he's got this confidence. John was himself. John was who God had called him to be and created him to be. Now, he could have easily said, are you the prophet? Yep, that's me. I'm the prophet. You need to listen to me. He could have stepped up into somebody else's identity, but, but instead he says, no, I'm not the prophet. I'm not the Messiah. I don't have a fancy title. I'm just John. I'm just John. I'm just, I'm just me. I, I'm a nobody. In fact, he says that uh-huh, I'm preparing the way for the Messiah, and the Messiah, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. Now, back in that day, untying somebody's sandals, that was, that was the job of a servant. That was the job of a slave. And so literally what, what John is saying here is I'm a nobody. I'm less than a servant. I'm less than a slave. Like I'm not even worthy to be that compared to the Messiah. I'm just trying to get everyone ready. And I think that the reason why people started to take notice of John here, again, it wasn't his lifestyle. But the reason why the priest started questioning John and why everyone went out to John to get baptized, it was because he had the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave him identity and people saw the Holy Spirit on him. They may not have been able to put it into words, but they said there's something different about John. See, the Bible recorded that John was, was filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. That was John. That's what he, he did. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so when people came, they recognized there's something different about John, and I want to get my hands on it. I, I want what John has. It's because of the Holy Spirit. And when you accept Christ as your Savior and you start to live differently and you start to respond differently, right, and the Holy Spirit comes in you after he convicts you, right, and he, he cleanses you and he comes and he lives inside of you and he begins to mature you <laughs> and, and maybe he even empowers you and the Holy Spirit comes on your life and, and people start to notice, man, there's a lot more love, there's a lot more joy, there's a lot more peace. All those fruit of the Spirit start developing the self-control in, inside of you and all of a sudden people see, man, there's something Different about Frank. You know? I can't quite put my finger on it. Like he used to, he used to laugh when I told those those nasty jokes, but now he doesn't laugh like that anymore. He used to go out with us and go to the bar, but now he doesn't do that anymore. You know, man, Susie, she used to get really angry when that customer came in, but now, now there's something different. Now there's there's this joy, there's this life about her that's that's different. The people around you may not be able to put it into words, but they might say, there's something different about you. And as we see, there's kind of two different ways that people respond to something different. See, all the people came to get baptized because they said, there's something different. I want to be more like you. And then there was the priest and the Levites who said, there's something different about that guy. Who do you think you are? Like, we don't like you, right? So maybe when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll kind of get those two different reactions. Some will oppose you, and some will say, I need what you've got. There's something different on your life, and I need that. So John's, he's out baptizing people, and he, he's looking for the Messiah. And one day into the water walks Jesus. I don't know what they said to each other. Uh, the Bible records, you know, John's like, oh, Jesus, you know, you should be baptizing me. You know, I, I don't know, maybe they're like, hey, cousin, long time no see, you know, how, how's it going? And, and maybe John's like, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to baptize you here because the Messiah is coming, and I just want to let you know the Messiah is coming, and you need to get ready. And I I just picture Jesus in that moment like, okay, I'll get ready. and Maybe he winks at him a little bit. Something different about this baptism. right? So John goes and he baptizes Jesus, but something different happened this time. In Mark chapter 1, it says this, At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. That one wasn't your usual baptism, right? I think John noticed there's something different about Jesus here. There's something different about Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit in that moment confirmed Jesus' identity. The Holy Spirit at Jesus' baptism confirmed Jesus' identity. The Holy Spirit came on him, and one of the Gospels says that it alighted him. It basically, it illuminated Jesus as, John, this is the guy. This is the Messiah. This is what you've been doing your whole life. This is what you've been waiting for. This is the moment. This is the one you've been preparing the way for. In verse 29 of John 1, if you're still there, it says this, the next day. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me that the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. See, God had had told John, the person you baptize, the person you see the Holy Spirit come down on, that's the one, that's the Messiah. So for the past 30 years, John has has been waiting for this moment. Again, he knew what his purpose was. He knew what he was called to. And all of a sudden, in this moment, it all came together. And he said, this is what I'm put on this earth for, to, to prepare the way for the Messiah. And here he is right in front of me, and I have the honor. I'm not worthy to untie his sandals, but I have the honor to baptize him. I mean, think about it, though. Like, this was before... When Jesus walked into that water that day, this was before he ever turned water into wine. This was before he ever multiplied bread. This was before he ever healed the sick, healed the lame, before he ever rose anyone from the dead, before he ever calmed the storm, before he ever walked on water. But yet the Holy Spirit was the one who said, no, Jesus is the guy. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. So now John, now that he's found out, he's telling everybody, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the one. He's God's chosen one. So as we see here, the Holy Spirit through this whole time, he gave identity and purpose to John's life. He gave identity and purpose to John's life. The Holy Spirit told him, hey, you need to to baptize. He gave identity to Jesus at his baptism. The Holy Spirit was there. So again, the Holy Spirit's been in water baptism this whole time, but the Holy Spirit also does something in in your life. He does something in our life when you choose to follow Jesus's command and example and be baptized in water. See, in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus, right before he ascended to heaven, he gave this command. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Right? Like, oh, there he is again. We can go our whole life and not really think about the Holy Spirit too much, but he's just everywhere. He keeps popping up. And the Holy Spirit, even in the moment of being baptized, the Holy Spirit is there for us. The Holy Spirit confirms our identity at baptism. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He confirms our identity. The same same God, the same Holy Spirit who identified you know, help John with his identity. The same Holy Spirit who identified Jesus at his baptism wants to give you identity at your baptism as well. He wants to give you, that's why we, why, you know, next week we'll be up here and we'll have the big water tank over here and, and you know, we're going to dunk you in water and basically say in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's that creation of, of you used to be dead, but now you're alive. You have new life, you're a new creation, and the Holy Spirit is going to walk with you through this journey. So let me give you three quick things of why you should be baptized. If, if you're out there today and you're like, okay, okay, the baptism thing, you know, that's cool. Is that just something random we do? You know, is that some? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? So if you're, you're debating today and, and you're sitting there, let me tell you why. First thing, first reason why we, we should get baptized, it says we obey the command of Jesus. We obey the command of Jesus. Again, Matthew 28, 19. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, of all nations. So the first thing, make disciples, right? You should lead people to Jesus. So make disciples of all nations, and then the next thing you need to do is baptize them. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus wouldn't tell his disciples to do that if he didn't want us to do that. He, he Again, it's a command be baptized. It was something that Jesus did himself. So we're following what Jesus did and we're following what Jesus said. And in fact, we see many other modes of that later on. And in Acts chapter two, Peter gives a sermon and he said that 3000 people believed. And uh, they're like, what do we do now? What do we do? And so Peter told them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So he's saying kind of three things here. Repent, ask for forgiveness. Step two, get water baptized. Step three, get baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? There's all these different levels. There's, There's more what God has for you to do today. And so we see this again all throughout the book of Acts of how people would be saved, they would ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, and then they would say, you know what? I need to be baptized. I need to follow the path that Jesus took. The second thing, the second reason is this. We identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And water baptism is very symbolic. It's very symbolic. In Romans chapter 6, here it talks about the symbology here. It says, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if, for if we have been united with Him in death, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. So it's a very symbolic thing when we are baptized. When we go under the water, it's almost like Jesus going into the tomb, Jesus dying. And when we come up out of the water, it's this new life. If Jesus has been resurrected, so will we. And we have this new life. We have this new outlook on life. And the Holy Spirit is in our lives through the moment of salvation. So we identify with Jesus' death with his burial, and with his resurrection, all of these things taking place all together at once. And then the last thing, the third thing, third reason why we should be baptized is it helps others to identify you as a follower of Jesus. See, when you accepted Christ as your Savior, that was, for most of us, it was a very private moment. Maybe it was a prayer that you said in a pew here. Uh, Maybe it was a prayer that you said at home. And it was this very private moment of, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to make you my Lord. But water baptism, what it does, it's, it's a very public moment. It's a public moment of declaring to everyone, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm not ashamed. And, and that's, there's something freeing about that, right? There's something freeing about saying, God, I'm yours, Right? There's a reason why we put a wedding ring on and say, you know what? I'm, we are one. I'm, I'm married. And, and this is like saying, God, publicly, I'm yours. I'm a Christian. I don't need a bumper sticker to prove it. I'm following you with everything that I've got. And that's what baptism is it's this public declaration. Did you know that, that your baptism can be one of the best ways that you can reach your family and your friends? You know, I encourage you, if you're getting baptized next week, Bring your family, bring your friends. This may be the only time they come to cr- come to church because you know they're like, hey, this is a special day to me. I want you to show up. I want you to, to be there for me. I want you to be on the platform with me. This may be the only time they get to hear Jesus and they get to see you being baptized and, and, and know there's something different about them now. They're gonna live their lives in a new way. It also helps to kind of hold you accountable too. Now that you come up here and said, you know what, I'm gonna live for Jesus, now you've got everybody around you saying, hey, let's do this together. Come on, this is exciting. We're expanding the kingdom of God and and let's keep each other accountable. Let's go because we're not going to go back to the old way. That old way is dead and gone. It's it's underwater. It's in the grave. That old way, the new way is here. We are a new creation. So we obey the command of Jesus. Why We identify with his death, his burial, and his resurrection and others identify us as a follower of Jesus. I want you to check out this Testimony of of water baptism.
1: Hello, my name is Mildred De Jesus, and I'm an Assemblies of God evangelist, together with my husband Peter De Jesus. Today, I want to share with you my water baptism story and how important it was for me. You see, I got saved at the age of 19 and got baptized in water at the age of 20. But before I share more of my water baptism story, I want to share with you a little bit of my background and how I got saved. You see, I was born and raised on the island of Puerto Rico. Together with my sisters and my parents, during my middle school years, we moved to the States. My family, they were raised Catholic. One of my uncles fell in love with a young lady who was Jehovah Witness. And so the family converted over to Jehovah Witness in order for the marriage to happen. Several years later, my parents decided and my sisters and I that this was not the religion for us. And because of our lack of knowledge of God and Jesus, we just became agnostic. During my young adult years, when I hit rock bottom during a very difficult time in my life, I met a young lady by the name of Omaira Sellas. She was part of an Assemblies of God church named Light of the World with Pastor Luis Hernandez that was part of the Spanish Eastern District. You see, she represented Jesus to me. She not just spoke about Jesus, but she showed Jesus to me. And it was during this time in my life, And I remember so clearly now, July 13th, 1993, that I gave my life to the Lord. And because of my radical salvation and my desire to really seal the deal with Jesus and let the world know that the old Mildred no longer lived and that a new Mildred was alive, that I decided to get baptized in water January of 1994. And so that day marked my life. and not only marked me with my relationship with Jesus, but it also marked me in ministry. So today I wanna ask you this question. If you've been thinking about getting baptized in water, that you will make that decision, that you can decide today to make that choice for your life because it will change your life as it has changed mine. I pray that you would do that today. God bless you.
0: So it's just neat to see the different stories of how God he saves us, He changes us. But then we respond by being faithful and, and saying, God, I, I need this baptism. I want to be like you. I want to be like you. I know for me personally, I uh, can't even remember what grade I was in, maybe, maybe second or third grade. And I wanted to make it a point. And this is, you know, some of you maybe you were baptized as an infant, or you're kind of questioning like, what is that? Why why is that? Or why do we do that? But we believe baptism is something we do after salvation. Baptism is not salvation. When you you get baptized, it doesn't give you your ticket to heaven or something. That's that's saying, Jesus, forgive me. I want to make you my Lord. That's that's salvation. But water baptism is something we do after that. Once we know and and it's confirmed in our heart, God, I want to live for you. I'm different and I'm new. And that's what we see. the, The pattern in the Bible is it's after that point of salvation when the people were we're baptized. Repent and be baptized. Not baptized and then repent. And, and so that's why why we do it in this manner. So whether it's been maybe you just got saved last week, maybe you're just gonna get saved today, um, encourage it, do that. Maybe you got saved 20 years ago and you've never stepped out, you've never done that. Encourage it, be water baptized. Like I said, I was about a second grader when I was water baptized, and, and I remember my parents talking to me and, and making sure that that I knew that the step that I was taking. And I knew it. I, I wrote down my testimony of what God had done in my life, of, of how, you know, I was, I was at, a, at a play, the passion play and seeing Jesus up there and seeing everything that Jesus had done and, and he lived this perfect life, but yet people were crying out, crucify him. And I realized that he had to do that because of my sin. And even though he was innocent, that he died on that cross willingly, going through that pain for me, And I knew that I wanted to follow Jesus the rest of my life. I I made him the Lord of my life that day. And the next step was, Mom, Dad, I'm ready to get baptized in water. So I knew what it was about. I also didn't I was telling the Sunday school this morning, I didn't know how to pronounce baptized or write it. So I just, I wrote in my journal, I got baptized today. Uh, Because that just made sense to me. Like, I I knew what it was. But I was just following Jesus' command. And so I encourage you to do the same thing. If you've never been baptized in water, to, to make that commitment. Say I'm gonna do that. Some of you need to go home today and just have this conversation with your kids. You know, maybe they've received received Jesus and, and they've never taken that next step. Now this is something I encourage you, don't, don't force them to do it. Because this is a decision they need to make on their own. This is a decision. Now you can encourage them and and you can you can show them in the Bible some of the verses that we just used today if you need some more verses. Hey, text me. I'll I'll send you some things. I want to give you those right resources. But have this conversation with your kids. This is a great way that you can disciple your own child and build them up, whether they're an elementary kid or a teenager, of just walking through the Gospels with them, walking through what Jesus did. Man, what a great way that you can connect with your kids and disciple them and, and grow them and teach them what it means to follow Jesus be cool maybe we'll even see some parents and kids get baptized together because god's doing a whole work in the whole family but i'm just believing for great things god is on the move and the holy spirit wants to give you identity he wants to give you identity of who you are to not be ashamed anymore but to stand up and say yes i follow jesus so again if you're interested in being water baptized next week Grab one of those Next Steps cards in the, the back of the pew in front of you. It may be a little farther down on the pew, but just, you know, ask somebody to grab that. Just fill out your name and your number and check water baptism, and we'll be in touch with you this week. Because ah, it's going to be a celebration. It's going to be a great, a great thing. It's going to be a great thing. So I'm, I'm excited for that to declare uh, identification with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me? I want to end our time today just by giving you an opportunity to respond. Maybe you've been baptized in water already, or maybe you're you're thinking about making that choice. But I want you to again ask this question we asked at the beginning. What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? How do people know you? Is it by what you do? Is it by who you know? Or is it by whose you are? Do people know you as a follower of Jesus Christ? So today I want to give you the opportunity just to respond. These altars are always open. And, and let me reassure you, these altars are not a bad place. These altars are a good place. These altars are one of my favorite places. One of my favorite places. Because coming to the altar doesn't mean there's something wrong with your life. It means that you're, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. You're doing something right. You're taking a good step, saying, I want to follow Jesus best moments of my life is taken place around these altars some of the best moments I encourage you every Sunday there's always an opportunity to take time just to say Jesus I want more of you so let's pray this morning Jesus God we need more of you we need more of you I pray that you would meet with us today spirit that you would speak in our lives that you pour out on us God some of those who are seeking to be filled with your Holy Spirit God I pray that you would move today in a powerful way. God, that you would fill us to be more like you. God, for those of us who, who are just scared to take that next step, God, I pray we'd come to this altar today and just say, God, give me the boldness, give me the courage to live my life for you. Make us different. Make us more like you. So Jesus, meet with us here today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Worship team's going to play. These altars are open. We're not going to give a formal dismissal today, but just, uh, you can head out when. just feel, God, release me today.